book of Jeremiah chapter 18. If you could turn to Jeremiah chapter 18, and I want to, to read a few verses beginning from verse 1. Jeremiah chapter 18, verse 1. The word which came to Jeremiah from the Lord, saying, Arise and go down to the porter's house, and there I will cause thee to hear my words. Then I went down to the porter's house, and behold, he wrought a work on the wheels, and the vessel that he made of clay was marred in the hand of the porter. So he made it again another vessel, as seemed good to the porter to make it. Then the word of the Lord came to me, saying, O house of Israel, cannot I do with you as this porter, save the Lord? Behold, as the clay is in the porter's hand, so are ye in mine hand, O house of Israel. Let us pray. Amen. Lord, we, we thank thee for thy word. We thank thee for thy people. We thank thee, O God, that we could come and gather as a community of thy people, saints, to worship, to, to lift up thy name. Lord, it is such a privilege to do so. We ask thy blessings upon all of us. And, O oh God, we pray that as the word is being preached, that thou be pleased to open the hearts of your people, that they may gladly receive thy word. Come down upon us and bless us all, for Jesus' sake. Amen. Amen. Now, I want to speak on the subject, how God reshapes a life, you know, how God reshapes a life. Now, this is a passage that tells us about that. It tells us how God reshapes a life. Now, if you notice verse 2, I'll just read it again. He said, Arise and go down to the porter's house, and there I will cause thee to hear my word. The Hebrew is saying, go down at once. As we would probably say today, go immediately. I want you to go right now. <laughs> yeah? Jeremiah is about to receive a message. Now, it is a very unpopular message, but he had to pass on the message, and God is saying to him, go down at once. I want it to happen right now. I want you to do it instantly. So God is saying that the message that I'm about to give you, there is no question about it. There is no debate in it. I shall give you a word. Go quickly and convey it. <clears throat> Beloved, God's word cannot be questioned. I'm sure you'll agree with me. We need the scripture or the scriptures to tell us about God. There must be revelation. When God speaks, it is not open for discussion. Now, some people, they don't like that. You know, they don't like, they believe they have a right to challenge God's word. 
you know, they believe they can be side side, you know, side to side with God. And, and if God says something they don't like, they believe they have the right to, to, to challenge him. Yeah? But this is not the way it is. You, do, you have no right to challenge God, God's word. Who are you? God is God. And we must understand that. But we've seen a lot of that today. Even in churches where people claim to be Christians, they are challenging the word of God. Thus saith the Lord. God has spoken. How can you challenge the word of God? But it happens so very often. Now verse 3 said, Then I went down to the porter's house, and behold, he wrought a work on the wheels. And verse 4, And the vessel that he made of clay was marred in the hand of the porter. So he made it again another vessel, as him good to the porter to make it. Marred. The vessel, beloved, was ruined. Now, it is not an, an error on the part of the porter, but it was a fault in the clay. It, it was not the required quality. So verse 4 said to us that he made it again. And verses 5 and 6, let me just read them. Said, then the word of the Lord came to me saying, O house of Israel, cannot I do with you as this porter, said the Lord. Behold, as the clay is in the hands of the porter, so are ye in mine hand, O house of Israel. Now in some respects, beloved, God is saying that he is like the porter. Not in all respects, but in some respects. He has worked the clay, not in the divine respects, but the clay has collapsed. Now, he could do a number of things. He could fly the clay off the wheel, just get rid of it. He could allow it to continue in its distorted state. Or he could reshape it. And this is the way God deals with nations and also individuals. Here we are. We have all gone wrong, misshapen. We have ugly characters. You know, God can destroy us at once, or He could allow us to continue in our distorted state, but we are not going to heaven. Or the person can turn to God and God can start again with the right clay and reform that person. Now this should concern all of us this morning. Because until God reshapes us, until God rebuilds us and gives us spiritual life and nature, we are all hopeless before him. Now, that is God's right. Verse 6 said, O house of Israel, cannot I do with you as this porter? Said the Lord, Behold, as the clay is in the porter's hand, 
so are ye in mine hand, O house of Israel. God has the power. As the clay is in the potter's hand, so are ye in mine hand, O house of Israel. You know, the time is coming when we will not be in this life. We will be in the hands of the divine porter and he will do whatever he wants with us. But let us get, just get back to the illustration. If the porter, you know, the, the, the vessel went bad on the wheel. If the porter had said, well, there is something wrong with this clay. Let me take it to the baker. Let me take it to the baker to see whether the baker could help me. Or let me take it to the butcher to see what the butcher can, can, can do with it, in what way the butcher can help me. Can the, can the porter say that? I would say no. But beloved, can, when things go wrong today, what do we do? We take the person, something goes wrong in the person's life, we take that person and we bring that person to the psychiatrist. Yeah? And we believe that the psychiatrist can change the deep formation of character through talk. Because that's what they do. You go to them and they sit with you and they talk. And, and, and you become their property because you have to come every week, every month for several years. But if all the talk, can, they, can the psychiatrist change the deep formation of human character? It will not happen. Can you take, can we, can you go to the politician? Can the politician help us? Can the politician change our, the deformation of our character? And the answer is no. So there is only one who can reshape us when things go wrong in our life. And this is the divine porter. So it is no good trying anyone else. The shaping of the world, beloved, defies human skills. What do we say today? We say, well, we have to do this thing in the world today. We have to do this and we have to do that. We have to, we have to relieve hunger. You hate all the time. We have to relieve hunger. End all wars. <laughs> we have to eradicate poverty. Get our people educated, raise their standards, and things will be okay. Now, that is tremendous, isn't it? That is tremendous. Now, it is right to do all the things I have mentioned. But as you know, you can do so much. Yeah? You can do so much. It is only the divine porter who can change people. You know, this world, many promises and none perform. You know, we had several systems in the world. We had communism. Was communism going to do it? There was a time even in the Western society, some people were, were leaning towards communism and they believed that is a, that is a good system, you know, and, and they see after, after everybody and so on and so forth. But let me tell you, communism made the matter worse. <laughs> you know why? 
because people survive, yeah, or the system survived by oppression. They were oppressing people all the time. And apparently the only people that were happy were the people who were, who were leading, the leaders. They had the money and they had the convenience, but they were oppressing the people. And then came colonialism. Well, it is gone now, and it is a good thing. I believe it is gone. You know, it did some good, yeah? But at the same time, the basic motive of colonialism was to take advantage and to get gain and to get trade and to make money. But it's gone. What replaced um, colonialism? Well, we have this new order, we call it. And we call it sometimes independence. Yeah? Has it done any better? All those countries that came out of colonialism and they got their independence, you know, has it done any better? And I will say no. And let me tell you why. Because in many lands, we see endless corruption. Yes, they're independent, but we see endless corruption. We see eight grand stolen and stored in private bank accounts. Or they take the money to buy arms to fight and to, to, to kill one another. We are created in the image of God and we can do a lot of good things. But there is evil in us. We have the capacity to, to love, but we hate. Right or wrong? We can love, but we hate. We can, we have the capacity to, to create a lot of things. We are, because we are creative. But what do we see? We see people creating weapons of, of mass destruction to kill one another. So they take the arms and those people who in those independent countries, the leaders, they take the money and they, and they buy arms and they kill one another. So the, the new order is as bad and sometimes it is even worse than the old order. Because you see that it is your own people that are oppressing you. You cannot blame the colonial masters anymore. It is our own people, the people that we, 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 we put in, in, in power. You know, what can change or what can people do to change human society? Very little, my friends. You know, it is right to try to do as much as you can. But at the same time, we got to be realistic. It is only the divine portal that can change human beings. Look at the West. Healthy Western society. You know how many people try to come to America every day? <laughs> Thousands. You understand? Some, some of them, they have visas and they come and they stay. Some of them, they jump walls and, and they pass through tunnels. But every day, thousands of people come to wealthy America because they see America as the best Western country, you know? And in, in terms of wealth and so on, that is so true. Yeah? To me, in the West, you'll have everything you'll need. <laughs> yeah? 
You have, or you have access to so many things. But let me tell you, the problems haven't gone away. You know, you know that? The problems haven't gone away. We have more fights. We have more guns. Yeah? In every little corner now, there is a gun. And we have, we have all those vices and we have more drugs. No matter how hard they, they try to, to curb the drug trade, it is getting bigger. And you'd be surprised how people, you know, what they do to transport drugs. You understand? I was traveling some time ago to England and they had just introduced the, the sniffing dogs. And the dogs would go and they'll sniff everybody, all the passengers. And then if you have drugs, the dog would just sit by you. <laughs> and there, there was this gentleman, he was a Muslim. He had this, he had this cap on his head and he was praying. But the dogs, you know, just stood by him. So the, the authorities, they went, they took his information. They tried to make him comfortable. They said, it's just a routine check, you know. They took his information, passport, his picture, everything, and they sent it to England. When he got to Gatwick, he was arrested. And you know where he had the drugs? In a laptop. <laughs> now the laptop is so small, I don't know how the man could have the drugs in the laptop. So the way people transport drugs, because there is a demand, you know, in all the strides in the West, look at what is happening, look at what drugs are doing in this place. Have we got, gotten rid of fraud? No. We have more fraud. You understand? We have more fraud. We have more extortion. So you see, you know, what can human beings do to change society? And as I said, very little. Yes, some good, but you cannot take away the bad. So only the divine porter that can change or that can bring about such change. We are all selfish and we need the forgiveness of God. We are all hard-hearted. You'd be surprised the amount of lust that is in us, even in church people. You know, you'd be surprised. But I have to talk about democracy because we have spoken about colonialism and communism and, and independence. What about democracy? Well, we all say that democracy is the best because in democracy, you know, you can get rid of your rulers if they exceed the bounds. You can, you can change them and you can influence them to a large degree. So, it is no doubt the best. And we love democracy in, in, in this part of the, of, of the world. But, beloved, it cannot achieve very much. You know why? Because democracy is so easily subverted. Right or wrong? Now, then again, democracy does not have any engine for morality in it. It hasn't got any mechanism to achieve righteousness or good living in the hearts of the people. In democracy, you know what it is? It is to give the people what they want. And if they want to kick God in the face, let them have it. That is democracy. Oh, we shout on democracy, and, but that is democracy. Give them what they want. If they want to spit on God, if they want to kick him in his face, let them do it. Because democracy 
as I said, does not have any engine of morality in it. Now, I'm saying this because no human system, yeah, however good and however well-intentioned, cannot reshape a man's heart. Do you understand that? No human system. Only the divine portal. Only God can reshape us. My friends, only God that can remove the crooked and the lying ways in us. Only the divine portal that can put the lump back on the, on, put the, the lump of clay, sorry, back on the wheel and reform it and make it something beautiful and something wonderful. It is only the divine portal that can do that. But let us look at verses 7 and 8. He said, At what instant I shall speak concerning a nation and concerning a kingdom to pluck up and to pull down and to destroy it? If that nation against whom I have pronounced turn from the evil, I will repent of the evil that I thought to do unto them. God, my friend, has the power to bring down empires, even evil empires. Sometimes goes for a long time, but God can God will bring it down. The history of the world is full of, of, of those accounts, empires and businesses. So how much more can God do to a nation? Beloved, if we do not repent of our sins, if we do not trust in Jesus Christ alone for a new life, for pardon, for forgiveness, for a place in heaven, well, we shall one day be plucked up and utterly destroyed. And that is, that is the truth. And that is the word of God. You know, we must trust in Christ. We must go to him for this new life because he is the only one who can put this new life in our souls. And when he breathes that new life in, in your soul, you know what is going to happen? You will see your guilt before him. Before that, you, you can never see your guilt before him. But when he breathes this, this life into your soul, you will see your guilt. Yeah? You will see how guilty you are before him. And the next step would be you would repent of your sins and you turn to Jesus Christ as your personal savior. But he alone can do it. Without that, it will, it will never happen. And verse 8 said, If that nation against whom I have pronounced turn from the evil way, I will repent of the evil that I thought to do unto them. And verse 11 said, Now therefore go to speak to the men of Judah, and to the inhabitants of Jerusalem, saying, Thus saith the Lord, Behold, I frame evil against you, and devise a, a device against you. Return ye every one from his evil way, and we will every one do the imagination of his evil heart. Now the illustration changed a little bit here. God says that you are setting out on a particular road, yeah? which is a wrong road, which is a rebellious 
on a wrong road. But guess what? I have set an ambush. Yeah? I have set an ambush. I have set a device so far on the road of life. Yeah? My friend, God will not allow you to soar out to happiness with no regard for him. You know? You think you'll, you'll, you'll just be happy and live a happy life in this world when you have no regard for God? It will not happen. Of course, you'll have moments of happiness. You think you have to go to this party. You have to do this. You have to do that. Yeah. But it doesn't last. So don't ever think that you will live an ungodly life or, you know, all the days of your life on this earth. And, and then you will just be happy, happy when you disregard God. God will make life difficult for you. And in the end of life's journey, he will judge you. And there, my friend, and you know, there will be a costly trap and there will be death. That is what is going to happen. Don't ever think that you'll just live your life in this world. You know, you have no regard for God as if God does not exist and you will just be a happy, happy person. It will not happen. And verse 15 said, because my people have forgotten me, they have burned incense to vanity and they have caused them to stumble to stumble in, in their ways from the ancient paths to walk in paths in a way not cast out. Now this is all a matter of worship, my friends. He said they have burned incense to vanity instead of worshipping God. I am worshipping me. I am worshipping myself. It is I and I and I. As a preacher said some time ago, people are suffering with, with eye disease. Everything is about me. Everything is about earthly things. Everything is about worldly things. And you can see how this worldliness is, is, is taking over the church of God. You know? Why? Because, because, because it is me. It is not about God. It is about myself. So if it's me, what, 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 what I desire is earthly things, not godly things. What I desire is worldly things. I know it is a, it is a touchy subject today because people don't like to hear that. People don't like you when you talk about worldliness. You know, once I was among some, some pastors, we were at the airport in St. Lucia and the flight was late, so we were chatting. And I started to talk about worldliness and you could see one of them he was visibly upset, you know, as though you cannot talk about worldliness. You know, the Bible spoke against worldliness so many times, maybe in the New Testament about 31 times. So why don't we preach against it? Why? Because it is not, it is not a nice subject today. So we compromise, you know, we turn a blind eye and we don't want to show people the kinds of problems that, that worldliness bring in, in, in the church and how it has the potential to destroy the church of God. So we must talk about this thing. It is not you, it is God. Yeah? Nothing to do with you as a Christian, it is God. You live your life for the honor and glory of God. That is what it, it, it should be. When you leave your, your house in the morning, 
That's what you should be saying to yourself. I am going to live my life for the honor and glory of God. No matter what happens. Not me. Look at how we, 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 we buy so many things. Sometimes you see wardrobes. They're so packed. You can't even push your hand. You know? You're going to push your hand through the wardrobe because it is so packed. You have so many things. And guess what? You have to go to a funeral. You want something new. You have to go to a, a wedding. You still want something new. When are you going to end? When is it going to stop? Now, don't tell me this is not worldliness. Don't tell me you can take the Lord's money and spend and buy so many things. Some of the things you don't even need. Maybe when you see them, you're shocked. You say, who bought this? Maybe you did. Yeah, but we have so much because it is all about me, you know, all about me. It is, it is, it is I, you know, in earthly things and worldly things, turning away from God, my friend, is a religious act, you know, turning away from, 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 it is turning away from one religion to another. And verse 12 said, and they said, there is no hope. But we will walk after our own devices and we will everyone from his evil way and make your ways and your doings good. They told Jeremiah, you can say what you want. You can say what you want, my friend. We are not going to listen to you. You know why? Because we don't like your message. We don't like your message or we're not going to listen to you. We don't like the terms. And this shows you the heart of man. You know, this, this pastor preached a word, very biblical, yeah? very pointed, very direct. I am a Christian. I am guilty. A lot of things that the, the sermon um, addressed have to do with me. But guess what? Inside I say, Thank, thanks, thanks be to God. And say, Lord, I want to change. You know, I want to adjust my life. We get angry. And we find all faults in the pastor, you know. We find all faults in, in the person who preached who preach the truth to me. Instead of thanking God. Why? Because there is so much pride in us. So much pride. I believe one of the last things that will leave us is pride. <laughs> there is so much pride and, and this is the way we, we, we react. Just like those people in the days of Jeremiah. I don't like your message. Yeah. I don't like the terms. Because my heart is not reformed, is not transformed. And this is why, my friends, we have to be reshaped by the divine porter. I need to be changed. I need a new life. I need to turn away from my sin. I need a new character. Only God can give it. Only God can do it. My friend, Christ is uniquely qualified to, to reshape us. The Bible said God is so holy that he must punish sin and we must get it in our heads. God is holy. God does not compromise his standards. So he will punish sin. 
And the only way we can be forgiven is for Jesus Christ to come and to bore my sins. Yeah? Jesus Christ is the perfect divine portal. One God, three persons, he suffered and died on Calvary. He is God. He is the only one who, who created, he's the one who created me. And if I go to him and I ask him to forgive me, he will forgive me. And this is why we ought to go to God. We ought to go to Christ. Yeah? We must do it. So if I come to him yeah, and say to him, Lord, change me, he will change you. He will. You know, there was a man who who attended the church for 27 years. And you know where he used to sit? The The first pew. For 27 years. And the pastor said to me, he never missed a Sunday. You wouldn't see believers. But this man was there for 27 years. And guess what? He died as an unbeliever. That's hard. 27 years. And sadly, we have people, they are brought up in church. They know a lot of things about church. And they sit there and they're not saved. Because they never went to God. They never went to Jesus Christ. They never submit themselves to, to the Lord. Never did. And that is sad. But let me tell you, you should not be afraid to go to, to come to Christ. Never be afraid. You come genuinely, He is going to forgive you. He is going to change you. And verse 18, and I must end. Then said they, Come and let us devise devices against Jeremiah. For the law shall not perish from the priest, nor counsel from the wise, nor the world from the prophet. Come and let us smite him and with, with the tongue and let us not give heed to any of his words. Oh, they rise against Jeremiah and they did terrible things to him. Why? Because he preached the truth. You know, because he said, thus said the Lord. Even though the message was difficult, you know, he didn't say, I'm not going to say it that way. It will offend people. Yeah? It will put my life in danger. It didn't matter to him. What mattered was the integrity of God's word, the truth. And even though they, they did whatever they did with him, and you know Jeremiah went to hell. Yeah? He preached the truth to them. And that's what we ought to do. Preach the truth to people. So that they can see themselves before God. Yeah? And they with humility will go to God. And God is going to change their lives. We can see, look at what we have done to God. <laughs> look at what the world has done to Christ. But let me tell you as I close, my time is up. Put yourself in the divine portal's hand. And he will bless you. And he will change you. And he will make you into a vessel that will bring glory 
and honor unto the Lord. Let us pray. Amen. Lord, we, we thank thee for, for thy word. We pray that our people will understand that you give them listening ears, receptive hearts, with humility, O oh God, so that they could make all the necessary changes that will help them to live the life as ambassadors of Christ. So bless us, and as we continue to worship you, we ask your blessings upon all of us, for Jesus' sake. Amen. Amen.